podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC. On a Thursday on which not much is happening, but last night we did get some news, I want to call it. Then we got some conflicting news. Pletty Goal, as you may know him from Twitter, he reported that Naby Keita is unhappy at Liverpool that contract negotiations have stopped and that he may be interested in leaving the club. Neil Jones then came out with a report a short time later saying that Liverpool had no intention of selling, that they wanted to give Naby Keita a new four-year deal. And this obviously caused quite a lot of chatter and consternation among the fan base. Now... I'm I'm torn on this. Now, as everybody knows, I'm a big fan of Naby as a footballer. But there can be no question that Naby's injury problems have held him back at Liverpool. And because of his lack of a bit of availability, on the whole, the transfer must be looked at <clears throat> as somewhat of a disappointment. I wouldn't mark it as a flop. Because when Naby plays, he's generally very good. And we're generally a much better team when he plays. If you take a look at our results over the last couple of seasons, especially last season, Naby started 14 league games. Liverpool won 12 of them. One of the two they didn't win, they were winning when he went off against Brighton. We're a better team with Naby Keita on the pitch because he's a very, very good player. And there's no real argument against him being a better, a, a very good player other than people who are a little bit ignorant or are attempting to push an agenda that somebody else is better because they're afraid of that player losing their place in the team. If you take a look at Naby's numbers over the last 12 months, he's in the 94th percentile for non-penalty goals for midfielders, the 94th percentile for non-penalty XG, the 98th percentile for shots per game, the 87th percentile for assists, the 93rd percentile for expected assists, the 96th percentile for non-penalty expected goals and expected assists, the 86th percentile for shot-creating actions. He's in the 81st percentile for passes attempted, the 75th for passes completed at 86.3%. And when you consider the fact that 
quite a few of the passes Naby attempts are quite difficult or are in tight spaces. That is a very good number. 91st percentile for progressive passes, 98th percentile for progressive carries, uh, putting to bed the myth that Liverpool midfielders aren't allowed dribble. Uh, 83rd percentile for dribbles completed. 92nd percentile for touches in the opposition box. 77th percentile for progressive passes received. Remember, many of his games come in that deeper midfield role next to Fabinho. So he's not receiving many progressive passes in that role. And then off ball, he's in the 90th percentile for pressures, the 92nd percentile for tackles, and the 74th percentile for blocks. He doesn't get a lot of interceptions, 1.42 per game. It's the 31st percentile, but still puts him among the best at our club. Uh, he doesn't make a lot of clearances because he doesn't play in defence, so he's in the 6th percentile. And um, he's in the 11th percentile for aerial duels. Overall, that's a really, really strong statistical profile. That is the profile of one of the better midfielders in the Premier League. And if you look at their statistical comparisons to other midfielders, uh, notable ones in the Premier League, Bruno Gomerich, Engolo Kante, Mateo Kovacic, three of the very best midfielders in the league. Uh, others that he compares favourably to Pedri, uh, Conrad Lamer, Lovro Meyer, who you'll have heard me talk about, Jude Bellingham, Adrian Thomason, Florian Newhouse, who we've been linked with in the past, and Nicola Barella, who obviously is one of the players that a lot of Liverpool fans are quite keen to see us try and buy at some point. The fact is, Naby's very, very good. Very, very good. He just has a lot of injury problems. And we have to manage him very carefully because if he gets overplayed, he breaks down again. Now, last season, he played in 40 games, which was the best since he joined the club. Naby didn't have a ton of injuries before he joined Liverpool. Naby'd had a couple of niggles. He had an ankle injury uh, when he was at Leipzig. But aside from that, it was fairly minor stuff. Nothing to really concern yourself with. Uh, He'd had malaria. He'd had... Oh, it was a thigh problem, not an ankle ankle problem. Excuse me, that's my fault. Um, But he hadn't had a huge amount of injury problems at Leipzig or at Salzburg before that, you're looking at a player that had missed 12 games in his career before joining us. That's not bad at all. But then he joined us. In the October, he got an injury that cost him four games. And he was hampered when he came back from that. Then he got a knock. And missed a couple of games. But when he came back, he was looking really good. If you remember, we played Barcelona away in the first leg of the Champions League. Naby was picked to start over the club captain. The game was going pretty well. uh, Ivan Rakitic hacked him down. Tore his groin muscle. And that was it. That was Naby's season done. 
Um, he came back the following season, torn muscle bundle, another torn muscle bundle. These were recurrences of that same injury. So that injury suffered at the start of May, kept him out until the end of September. Then he had another groin strain in January. Then he had another groin strain in March. Then he got COVID and missed six games. He got a bad, bad doing with COVID. Then he had a hamstring injury. Then he had a ligament injury. Then he had an ankle injury. Then he had another hamstring injury. Last season, in total, he missed eight games. Uh, one, sorry, one with a knee problem that was in at the end of March. And seven with a hamstring injury suffered in October against Brighton. But that was basically it. The previous season he'd missed 16, 17 games through injury and six more through COVID. The previous season then obviously having come back from that horrible injury that he suffered at the uh, racket to just tackle 10, 15, 16 games through injury that season. He just hasn't been able to stay consistently fit other than last season. And even then, he still missed eight games through injuries. But like I say, the fact does remain, he's a very good player and we are better with him in the team. No matter how people want to argue it, Liverpool's best midfield is Naby, Fabinho and Thiago. They're Liverpool's three best players in midfield and they play well together. So on that basis, you would obviously offer him a new contract, which Neil Jones says Liverpool want to do. But if you're looking at the injury problems, you might have hesitancy. You might think maybe we should sell him, get what we can and reinvest that. The problem is we've left it too long in this window to sell him. If we were going to sell him, we needed to do it at the start of July. The other problem is, as things stand with Naby, we need two midfielders. We absolutely have a dire need for one, but ideally we need two. Because neither Milner nor Oxlade-Chamberlain are good enough. We don't know if Curtis Jones is good enough. And Henderson isn't good enough as an eight. As a six, whatever. As an eight, absolutely not. If we let Naby go, we need three. So to let Naby go and bring somebody in, in all likelihood we end up worse off because to find a better player than him is going to be difficult. So you're going to be downgrading and not actually fixing the issue, which is that we don't have a quality starting right-sided midfielder because Naby needs to be used on the left side in rotation with Thiago. And this is a situation of our own doing. This is nobody else's fault. So Klopp can come out and he can blame the schedule. He can blame whatever he wants. This is on him. This is on the club. Not on anybody else, not on any external factors. We have neglected our midfield now for years. Think about it. Since we signed... Naby and Fabinho in the summer of 2018, we have signed one midfield player, Thiago. And that's it. 
And in that same summer of 2018, Emery Chan left. And then we lost Ginny. So a midfield that was poor got upgraded, but lost what would have been a very important squad player in Emery. And then lost a starter when Ginny left, because Ginny was still a starter. And the midfield three of Thiago, Fabinho and Ginny is probably the best our midfield has looked under Jurgen Klopp in any continuous run of games. You'll really struggle to find a better 10-game stretch of midfield play than that one. And that's a concern. We allowed Ginny to leave. We've become more susceptible to counterattacks. We're not nearly as strong defensively from a midfield point of view. Now, Thiago's very good defensively and Naby's very good defensively, but neither of them have Ginny's athleticism. Neither of them have his burst of pace. And both of them are more on-ball players than off-ball players. What Ginny does off-ball is very, very... What Ginny did off-ball was very, very clever and very, very nuanced. Ginny was the player where people asked, well, what does he do? Well, what he does is the stuff that you don't see. What he does is he acts as a conduit between defence and attack in counters. When we had Ginny on the left of midfield, we always built down our right, Trent and Salah. Those two were the primary playmaking people in the team. But we counterattacked down our left, Robbo and Sadio. And crucial to that was Ginny, both in terms of being able to very quickly move a ball from one to the other, or from a centre-back to one of them, or another midfielder to one of them. Also then to act as the recycling option if that attack broke down on the left-hand side and quickly move the ball on elsewhere. His most important role was defensively, sitting in next to Fab. You see, this idea that Liverpool have only really moved to a two-man pivot since Thiago arrived is untrue because Ginny did that next to Fab for a couple of years. And when it was Ginny and Fab, Fab was freer to go and cover across on the right-hand side and help Trent, who was constantly been left without any midfield help. Because he knew that Ginny would be covering the centre midfield and Ginny's athleticism and dynamic nature allowed him to cover massive chunks of grass. The goal Crystal Palace got is a prime example of a goal that just wouldn't happen with Wijnaldum in the team. When Fabinho presses in to try and tackle Eze, Ginny would have slid in behind him and taken up the defensive midfield role, meaning that when Eze rolled Fabinho, he'd immediately be confronted with Ginny Wijnaldum, who you can't run away from because he's really quick. You can't out-muscle because he's really strong. You can't outthink him because he's super clever. 
So you're not really going to beat Ginny all that easily, 1v1. Now, Eze is exceptional, and maybe he would have. But it would have made things far more difficult. And if he had to dribble past another man, our defensive line can correct itself. And maybe Zaha drifts offside. Or he can play the pass. But instead of now playing a straight ball on the ground, he now has to play a lofted ball because he's got Ginny to contend with. And a lofted ball gives Virgil more opportunity to get back to Zaha. Or he has to play it at a different angle. And again, it's a non-favorable angle. It's either down the left wing for them to Nat's right, which takes Zaha away from goal and nullifies the opportunity. Or it's to the other side, to the right, into, into the space. But then you're asking Zaha to properly go 1v1 with Virgil. And that's not ending well for him. So these are the things that Ginny did that people ignored that were vital to us. And think about it as well. Think about that 2021 season, that run at the end of the year. Think about those results. A Liverpool team who looked, for all intents and purposes, like they were going to miss out on top four because of injuries. All of a sudden, get these midfielders playing together. For the first time all season, these three can play together. Eight wins, two draws in the last ten games. Five straight wins to end the season. They've been eighth in the league. Eighth. Ended up third. And the balance of that midfield was fantastic. Because Thiago could play higher up the pitch and be more involved in the build-up play and offer creativity at the edge of the penalty area doing old-school Thiago things. Safe in the knowledge that there's two lads behind that aren't letting anything through. And remember, this is with Nat Phillips and Reese Williams at centre-back. This isn't with Virgil and Joel or Virgil and Joe or Joe and Joel. This is with Nat Phillips and Reese Williams. Two championship level center backs to be kind to reese absolutely one reese probably more of a league one center back at that point now he has he has grown and developed a little bit since but at that point they were that was probably their level we couldn't give nat away the previous summer couldn't give him away no one wanted him no one would pay five million for him reese had been on loan with kid minister in the conference but that midfield enabled us to run off that run of form and clinch third and get into the Champions League. That midfield had perfect balance for what we are as a team. Thiago's creativity, his intelligence his ability to manipulate defences, Fabinho's positional sense, his reading of the game, his awareness, his toughness, 
Ginny's intelligence, awareness, positional sense, and his athleticism, the dynamism that he offered. And people complained about him. And people complain about Nabi, and people complain complained about Emre, and now they're complaining about Fabinho, and they've complained about Thiago, and all of it is to deflect attention from what the real issue is in midfield, but we won't talk about that. That midfield was exceptional. We haven't replaced Ginny. Now we could lose Nabi. Then you're really gambling on Thiago's fitness. Because if he's not there, the midfield is amateur error. I mean, look, at James Milner started in the second league game of the season. I said in preseason, if he starts one Premier League game, the summer's a failure. The summer has been a failure. The summer transfer window has been a failure because they failed to address the biggest issue in Liverpool's team, which was the biggest issue last year as well. To lose Naby now would be an absolute hammer blow. Regardless of what you think of him, there is nobody else at this club that can play that left-sided role to a high level if Thiago isn't there. And for half of the season, Thiago will not be there. He's also the best option on the right-hand side. I get that people are very excited by Harvey Elliott. He's a 19-year-old kid. And for all the good things that he did on Monday night, how many chances did he create? One? I don't blame Naby if he's angry, if he's annoyed. He's had to sit and watch vastly inferior players play instead of him. He had to sit and watch a vastly inferior player play ahead of him in a Champions League final. That if he had started, we win. And I know people would say, oh, he missed his shot when he came on. Yeah, he did. And what? And what? What did the fella that started on the right of midfield do while he was on the pitch? Nothing. It was awful. Naby came on, we improved. We started to play a lot better. Yes, he made a hames of his shot. Allow me to parachute you in to a Champions League final as a late sub and see what you do. It would go out for a throw-in or you completely miss your kick. So hush. We can't afford to lose Naby now. Which likely means losing him on a free next summer. So that's him and Oxlade Chamberlain leaving on a free. That's a hundred million nearly of investment. When you factor in wages, it's significantly more than that. That's a lot of money to just walk out the door and get nothing back for and have to replace. And Milner has to go next summer. Has to. That's three midfielders that are needed with no money coming in for the three going out. 
which, as we know, means we won't sign the three midfielders we need. They'll sign Bellingham, and that'll be it. And they'll try and patch it together. Now, maybe if Naby goes, it forces their hand on a second. And to be fair, they'll sign Bellingham. They might not. They might not. But they'll try and sign Bellingham. I still have doubts that we get Jude. But either way, Jude isn't enough. Jude would be enough now. In 12 months, Jude won't be enough. Jude won't be enough by himself. He just won't. So it's it's a little bit concerning. It's a little bit concerning. If you're not concerned by our midfield situation, you're, you're not living in reality. You're living in a fantasy world where you just think, that the shun the 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 shun the sun shines out of Jurgen Klopp's arse, and that the club can do no wrong, and that everything they do is right. You're the type that if they served you a shit sandwich, you'd claim they had the best butter in the world. Get concerned about the midfield, because the season has started. And it's been ugly so far. And the two players that we knew weren't good enough to start as number eights have started as number eights and not been good enough. Two of the three, the other one's injured. They haven't been good enough. They're not going to get any better. You know why I know that? Because they haven't been good for years. One of them hasn't been good in two years. The other one hasn't been good in three or four years. These aren't good enough players to play for this team. They can be okay, they can be fine, they can be 6 out of 10, and maybe once a season they give you an 8 out of 10, but that's not good enough. It's not good enough by a long shot, not if you want to win the league. And if you've already tried to rationalise not challenging for the title at a time where we have Van Dijk, Thiago and Salah in the prime of their career as well as Alison Becker, Fabinho Trent Diaz Jota Robertson, Darwin Keita Kanate, Matip Gomez if you're at all trying to rationalise that it's acceptable not to challenge for the title. You support a different club than I do. This is Anfields. 15 players who left Liverpool last summer. And what happened next? Let's have a gander at this. Who's this by? Uh, Joanna Durkin. Uh, Ginny Wijnaldum. I've talked about him. Uh, he's just gone to PSG. I hope he does really, really well. Oh, sorry, he's just gone to Roma. I hope he does well. Uh, Jordan Shakiri went to Leon. It didn't really work. He is now with Chicago Fire and apparently loving life over there. Uh, he is the captain at times, which is great. Captain Shaq. Uh, you can get on board with Captain Shaq. Harry Wilson, uh, he went to Fulham on a loan with an obligation to buy. That kicked in this summer. Marco Grujic went to Porto on a similar type of deal, loan with an obligation to buy. That kicks in this summer. He is officially a Porto player now. Uh, he won the Portuguese League and Cup last year. 
A uh, couple of injuries, but largely played played quite well. Teo Owani went to Union Berlin and uh, has just moved to Nottingham Forest for twenty million. So maybe we should have kept him. Maybe we should have sold Divock at the time and kept him. I don't know. I'm just speculating. Uh, Liam Miller went to Basel. Um, always thought he'd end up being a decent player, and he looked a decent player in the two Basel games that I watched last season. Uh, Camille Grubera went to FC Copenhagen. He is an outstanding, an outstanding player. Uh, currently out with a facial fracture, but he was immense for them last season. And um, I personally think he's a far more talented keeper than Kelleher. I, I really hope we have a buyback clause on him because he is definitely one to keep an eye on. Yasser Larushi went to Troyes. Uh, he sort of just disappeared from any kind of thinking for a couple of years before he uh, before he was uh, released or whatever it was. Uh, Liam Coyle and Joe Hardy both moved to Accrington Stanley. Hardy went on loan to Inverness Caledonian Thistle up into the Highlands to love a bit of life. Remy Savage went to Newcastle and is playing for the under-21s. Abdi Sharif seemed to have taken a, a, a year off. Uh, he's just gone to Wigan. Jack Walls is plying his trade for the City of Liverpool FC. That's quite a low level for a player that we had kept for as long as we did. Uh, Tony Gallagher, he's a, he was really promising when we got him. He just never developed. He went to St. Johnston and Morgan Boys went to Livingston up there under the watchful eye of one Edward Gibbs. Uh, what else do we have? The lost art of enjoying football. Act away with this tripe. Um, football's about winning. It's about winning. And if you're not in it to win, then just don't be talking to me about it. Um, why claims Jude Belling was expected to join Liverpool can be ignored for now. They can probably be ignored up until the day he's holding the shirt. That's all from there. Uh, what have we got here? We have Liverpool.com. Liverpool, no harsh Nabi Keita transfer reality. Liverpool want 20 million double transfer as Nabi Keita contract claim emerges. Let's have a gander here. Uh, Brighton midfielder on the radar, Moises Casado. <clears throat> I'd be throwing all of the money at them for him. He is absolutely sensational. Uh, championship midfielder linked Sander Burge. He's missed 74 games in the last five years. We're not going to be signing him. He's a good player. He's not good enough to start for us on a regular basis. The fellow who was good enough to start just rocked up to Wolves. Uh, is that it? Is that all there is there? It would seem to be. There was something about a double transfer. A 20 million double transfer, but there's nothing actually in the piece about it. So, someone's made a mistake there. The next Mohamed Salah is about to emerge, and Julian Ward and Liverpool should be watching. God knows who this is going to be. Oh, I know who this is. This is Kivicha, who's just signed for. Napoli. 
Super talented. One to keep an eye on. Napoli are going to be fun this year. Endembele, Zambo, Osimian, and this kid. That, that'll be fun. Uh, but don't think they'll win anything. But uh, yeah, Napoli will be fun. Liverpool should I possible Virgil van Dijk's successor impressing at Darwin Nunez's former club? So I assume this is Almeria. Yeah, it is Almeria. Keikai, the centre-back, he's 18. Apparently put in a good showing against against Real Madrid. 18, 6 foot according to this. So if he's only 6 foot, uh, we will not be signing him because he's too small to be a Jurgen Klopp centre-back. That's all from there. Anfieldindex.com there are two new articles up. Uh, the first one's entitled Liverpool's transfer st strategy castles in the sky and making the perfect making the perfect the enemy of the good. Uh, this is written by Stephen Callow. So check that one out. And then there is a piece called How Liverpool Might Line Up in Attack against Manchester United. This was put together by young Samuel Maguire. Do check that one out. Podcast-wise, there is a new scouted out entitled The Late Shopping. Myself and Carl had a look at all the moves in the Premier League in the month of August and a couple of moves outside the Premier League, players leaving the league. And then we had a good old laugh at United. There's another scouted recorded this morning previewing the United game, which should be out today. Molby on the spot is being recorded today and should be out tonight or tomorrow. And then there is the Anfield Index podcast, the old school podcast. It will be recorded tomorrow. So with you tomorrow night or Saturday morning. And that's it. That is me for today, folks. I will see you tomorrow. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.